I'm Miranda Lee, and you're listening to the Bread Therapy Mama podcast, a show created for moms who want to feed their families foods that heal them, not hurt them. Food was meant to be our medicine, and the best way to do that is by focusing on the ingredients, not the calories. Here, you'll find everything you need to know about holistic nutrition sprinkled with some motherhood, faith, and non-toxic living along the way. I can't wait to grow with you. Let's dive in. Hey, Taryn, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about um, postpartum nutrition. I'm one year postpartum myself, and I love anything and everything nutrition. So I think it's going to be really cool to learn about this, especially because I think everyone kind of talks about like prenatal nutrition and no one really knows what to do after the baby, after the baby's here. So, so I'm excited to dive deep into that. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic point and a really good reason to have this conversation. So can you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do, and what got you into what you do today? Sure. So my name is Taryn, and I'm a holistic nutritionist. Um, I live in Canada, and I run a practice called Aubergine and Olive, where I support women before, during, and after pregnancy with nutrition and wellness support and advice. Um, And I work with clients that are near me, or I work virtually worldwide as well. Um, And my goal is really... Not, not to tell women what they should or shouldn't be doing. I think we get enough of that from others in our lives, but rather to um, empower women with information so that they can make their own decisions about what's best for them and their baby. Um, so that's kind of the background and the philosophy that I take when when I work with women. Um, I This is actually a, a second career for me. Um, I spent 15 years working in the government as a diplomat. Um, kind of lived all over the world and traveled tons and had a lot of fun, but also didn't have a whole lot of work-life balance um, and not a lot that really like satisfied my soul. So a couple of years ago, I decided to take a big leap and left that and chose to do something that I felt would make a bit more of a difference in the world. Um, and so I chose to study holistic nutrition and I earned my diploma in natural nutrition and knew kind of from the start that I wanted to work with women on their pregnancy journey. Um, because I remember when I was first pregnant that I felt so like lost and overwhelmed and confused about with all the conflicting information out there. And I was like the deer in the headlights, like frozen, not wanting to put anything in my body that was going to harm my baby, but knew that I, I had to nourish myself somehow. And I really wish I had had someone to guide me then. So kind of looking back at that and thinking about women who might find themselves in the same position, you know, either before pregnancy or during or postpartum that also feel lost and confused and overwhelmed and need someone to to kind of point them in the right direction. Um, I'm hoping that I can be that for them. So, yeah, so um, I have three kids. Um, I've had four pregnancies. So one loss in there, some fertility issues. Um, so I've kind of like been through it all in my pregnancy journey. Um, so I, when my clients come to me with whatever challenges they're facing, I really feel I can, I can relate to them because I've been through a lot of it myself for sure. Wow. You've like, you've lived a full crazy life already. (laughs) That is so cool. I've had a lot of fun for sure. That is so awesome. And I love what you're doing now, especially because 
I feel like as women, we're told like what not to do all the time, especially with pregnancy and what to and not to eat. And it's like, okay, like, but what am I supposed to do? So I think that's going to be, that's just going to be so helpful for people. So, man, I don't even know like what first question to ask because I have like a million. Um, like I said, I'm one year postpartum myself. Uh, I've always been really good about my own nutrition but like I feel like there's certain things where I'm like man like I'm super tired like besides the whole like the baby not sleeping kind of thing um you know not having time to cook and stuff so I guess what like what beginning tips do you have for women postpartum where it's like all right here's like something you can actually do that you doesn't take you know, not like, oh, go meal prep every Sunday night for hours. Like, what are some tangible things that women can do that will help them postpartum to feel better with their nutrition? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I definitely have some tips to, ch- to share, but I think before getting into the practical stuff, um, maybe it's useful to um, discuss kind of the mindset, um, because I think that the reason why, like you and when I was postpartum and a lot of women find themselves like in the situation where like you're tired and you're worn out um, is it, a lot of it has to do with a mindset issue. Um, so kind of understanding where we're coming from is maybe helpful. Um, and I think the issue is that we incorrectly think that pregnancy is only nine months that we get pregnant. We have the baby, baby comes out, we're done. But I think that is the wrong way to think about it because your whole pregnancy journey doesn't end there. Postpartum is an important part of that. So you're still on your pregnancy journey. Even a year later, you haven't fully healed and recovered from making and growing that human being. Um, so you're still very much like in it. And to think that you can just hop right back on into your, you know, your your pre-pregnancy life um, shortly after birth or even a year later, um, maybe that's kind of part of the problem. Um, and you you and women in their in their postpartum phase would do themselves a service to think about it in that kind of way that you're still in it, right? You you still are trying to revitalize and recover and replenish everything. So it's no wonder you're <laughs> you're still feeling it. Um, so maybe that helps us to be a bit more gentle with ourselves and give us the space that we need um, to uh, to recover and to get back to kind of how we were or at least the level that we would like to be at. Um, so, yeah, so understanding kind of where we're coming from in that way. Um, as for practical tips, um, yeah, so, I mean, meal planning is kind of important, but it's it's easier said than done for sure. Um, the Like the, the kind of my golden rule when it comes to nutrition in general, um, and it applies here too, and it's like kind of simple in some ways, is just to eat real food. Um, so, like, what do I mean by that? I mean food that's made by nature and not made in a factory. So like fruits and vegetables, um, dairy, meat, um, nuts and seeds and those kind of things, rather than like white bread and pasta and processed food and like cookies and crackers and whatever you're going to buy in a box with an ingredient list that was assembled in a, in a factory. Right. Um, because the foods that are like the real food, um, are things that, contain a lot of nutrients. So the vitamins and the minerals and other nutrients that your body needs, but your body needs in particular postpartum because 
a lot of your your stores of those nutrients um, were depleted during pregnancy. So you need to get them back up and then you need to continue giving yourself those. So if you're, if you're eating kind of the empty calories, so you're, you're like feeding yourself, but you're not getting in the nutrients, your body doesn't have what it needs to recover. Whereas if you're eating the real food, that's going to get you a lot of those nutrients. It's going to help to get those nutrient stores back up and, um, and help to feel better. So like the simple tip when it relates to that is just thinking like when you're choosing something to eat, you know, is it real food or was it made in a factory Um, and leaning? I mean, it's impossible to do it all the time, but leaning more towards the real food side when making your choices. Um, So when you're grabbing a snack, like grab something like um, a handful of like mixed nuts or um, a banana or yogurt and berries or make yourself a quick smoothie or or something like that rather than grabbing um, like a handful of crackers or some potato chips or things like that. Mm, yeah. I feel like <clears throat> that is just such a, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, cause moms are so on the go that they want to like grab things, but it's also so easy to just like grab a handful of nuts. Like you said, grab some fruit because just cause we're getting the calories in doesn't mean that our body is absorbing the nutrients that it actually needs. So that leads me to the question of how has our body's needs changed postpartum when it comes to maybe nutrient deficiencies or um, the amount of calories we need or just anything that maybe it was different before having a baby. And now, like you said, postpartum, even a year later, we're still recovering and we're not how we were pre-baby. So like, what can we expect? What are some changes that our bodies made where we kind of need to give it that love and attention with our nutrition? Yeah. Um, great question. Um, so calorie wise, um, so that depends really on if you're breastfeeding or not. So women who are breastfeeding will require, um, a slight increase in calories, maybe a few hundred extra calories a day, depending on how much they're, they're breastfeeding, um, just because their bodies need that extra energy to produce the breast milk. Um, when in the, the early postpartum stage as well, when your body is doing a lot of healing, um, you'll also need a little bit of extra calories. Um, but down the road, um, cal- calorie intake is a, a bit less important because um, like the calories is simply, it's the quantity, right? But like we talked about with the real food, what the real focus should be on is the quality. Um, and also what I touched on before about like the um, replenishing nutrient stores. Um, this is this is kind of the unique part of the postpartum phase is like unless you followed like the cleanest nutrient dense diet while you were pregnant and even before your pregnancy quite a while before you're going to come out of pregnancy deficient somehow um, because over that nine month period you not only had to have enough of like this if you think of like your nutrient stores if you imagine like containers or silos of the various vitamins and minerals and other nutrients that you need. So you need to have enough in those for yourself, but then also all the extras that you need for your, for your baby. So it's a, it's a really a big increase that you need during pregnancy. And by the time you come out of it on the other side, uh, excuse the cat, um, those kind of storage containers, they're, they're no longer full. In fact, quite often, a lot of them are on the, the lower or even empty side. So the real focus postpartum is 
like just as much as during pregnancy, when you're focused on like nutrient density and getting those vitamins and minerals in your body, you need to focus on that postpartum as well, because you need to fill everything back up so that now you have enough for you. Right. So it's not just your regular day to day, but you're still adding on to, to make up for the deficiencies. Are there any like signs or symptoms that we could look out for? That's like, okay, maybe you're deficient in like vitamin D or maybe you're deficient in magnesium. Is there anything like that that maybe is common postpartum that we can keep an eye out for? Uh, yeah, definitely. So, um, so fatigue is a big one, but I mean, there's the fatigue of like, you know, the baby's not sleeping through the night kind of fatigue. And then there's like that draggy feeling where it's, it's not just that, you know, it's something else um, that can be a sign of nutrient deficiency, um, brain fog or trouble concentrating. But that's not just because you're tired, but, you know, because because you can feel it's not just that there's something else going on. Um, a mental and emotional well-being. Um, there have been a lot of studies that have shown clear links between nutrient deficiencies and postpartum mental disorders like postpartum depression. Um, so women who are having some challenges in that area, it could also be linked to, um, to nutrient deficiencies, um, irritability, um, muscle fatigue, um, yeah, just, just off the top of my head, those are, are kind of, of, of things to watch, to watch out for. Mm -hmm. And what, like, what's the most common, like nutrient deficiency, I guess, in postpartum women? Um, it, it, it really depends because it depends on the individual and their mm. diet and lifestyle. Um, but things like, um, omega threes and DHA in particular is, is a very big one because baby requires so much of that during pregnancy to grow well, their brain, particularly, but like their eyes and their skin and all kinds of stuff. So DHA is a huge one. Um, calcium, magnesium, vitamin D, but these are things that women are in general at risk of deficiency in. Um, so it's the same kind of with some of the B vitamins, B6 in particular. Um, yeah, so those are a lot, some of the major ones. Hmm. So I know we talk, like, I know people know it's totally normal to take like prenatal vitamins. Do you recommend like postnatal vitamins? Um, it's kind of a bigger question um, because, I mean, when I talked about my philosophy in the beginning about avoiding telling women what they should or shouldn't do. Um, I feel that that stands for prenatal vitamins as well. I don't think that anyone should take it as a given that they should take a prenatal vitamin at any stage. I think it's a personal decision, um, but it's something to consider uh, postpartum as well. Um, if that might be the right thing for you, um, if you feel fairly confident that you have nutrient deficiencies and, you, and you're not able to meet them through your diet, for example, um, that might be a good way to boost your nutrients um, fairly quickly, but it it had also depends on the prenatal supplement that you take because sadly all prenatals are not created equal. Um, there's no standard formula. So if you compare like brand A and brand B, if you read the backs of them, they're going to be different. They're going to have different like ingredients. They're going to have different forms of nutrients, different non-medicinal ingredients, different amounts of them. So if you're going to, if you do choose to take a prenatal at any stage, it's really important to make sure that you're taking a quality one and not just choosing like the cheapest one or the one that's on sale or the one that your friend's taking, unless they've done their research. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Or, or in my case, being part of, you know, my husband's in the military, whatever the military prescribes you, because uh. <laughs> it, yeah, like the, the one they gave me for, for prenatal vitamins was they were pink. So, you know, there's like the <laughs> red 40 dye in there and stuff oh, like what? that. So I was like, I'd rather pay out of pocket for some quality prenatals instead of whatever the military is giving me, because <laughs> that is that's going to be a no. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a clue to look for. Like if it does have any kind of food dye or if it's like super sweet and it has added sugars in it, um, it's that those are some of the signs that like hmm, maybe that's not the best one to take. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, we're we're told to just trust, trust doctors and stuff. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I think it's so important to educate ourselves as well. So we can make, you know, the most informed decision instead of just relying on what other people are saying, because so many people are telling us what to and not to do, and it can be so contradicting. So I think it's so good to just empower ourselves and educate ourselves so we can make like the most informed decision that's best for us and our baby. For sure. And I think the most important question that anyone could ask their doctor is why. So when your doctor tells you that you should or shouldn't do something, ask them why so that you understand the reasoning behind it. So then you're able to then process that information and decide if that's the right thing for you or not. Um, And a doctor should very easily be able to explain the reasoning behind it. They should be educated enough to, to be able to tell you why it is that they're making a certain recommendation. Um, and tell you like the benefits and as well as the consequences um, if, it, if it's a kind of a big decision as well. Hey mamas, I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about my favorite makeup and skincare company, Tubes & Co Organics. I love them because they use real ingredients like tallow from grass-fed cows, organic cold-pressed olive oil and certified organic essential oils, and they never use synthetic chemicals, GMOs, toxins, or artificial colors and dyes or fragrances that we do not want in our makeup or skincare products. I made the switch to Tubes & Co Organics because here's the thing, you guys, your skin is your largest organ. You can be eating the cleanest, most organic ingredients and foods possible, but if you are putting lotions and skincare products or makeup like your primer and foundations on that have these harsh chemicals and toxins in them, your skin is going to absorb it. And I totally trust Tubes & Co because they are made with these real ingredients, don't have all this artificial shenanigans in them, and they're also made in the USA. They are supporting small family-owned farms, and they're all about being sustainable, fair trade, transparent and ethical. These are all things that just align with my values. So I got a discount code for you guys if you go to tupsinco.com, so T-O-U-P-S-A-N-D-C-O.com and use the code BREADTHERAPY10, you will get 10% off your order. So go check out their skincare and their makeup and let me know if you need any product recommendations but I hope you guys enjoyed Tubes & Co. as much as I do. Let's get back to the show. So I know we talked about like nutrient deficiencies, but how do like our hormones and stuff change after um, 
after birth. And I guess I'm asking this because I know there can be a lot of like hormone aiding foods that we can eat and that we can focus on that, you know, can really, that can really help us because I know there are just a lot of changes in, in our bodies, whether nutrient deficiencies, uneven hormone levels and stuff. So is that something that's super common after giving birth as well? Yeah, absolutely. And it makes sense because um, I mean, your hormones do a lot of regulating what goes on in your body. And now that they've done this big thing of helping your body to grow a baby, they need some time to kind of settle down and get back to a natural rhythm. And that doesn't happen overnight. It can take weeks, more than weeks, months, or even years to, to settle down to kind of a, an optimal level. If, if your hormones were at that optimal level to begin with, and for a lot of women going into pregnancy, the hormones are not at that optimal level. Um, so you come out and it doesn't really make sense to expect them to suddenly be like totally fine. Um, but it's definitely something that contributes to some of the, the symptoms that you were saying, like fatigue, for example. Um, yeah, and there there are some things you can do like nutrition-wise and lifestyle-wise as well to, to support your hormones. Um, so your hormones, they need nutrients to function properly. Um, so making sure you're eating real food and, and um, prioritizing a nutrient-dense diet is really going to help. Um, the other factor that like non-diet factor that plays a big role is stress levels um, because a lot of your hormones are involved in your stress response and then those ones are going to affect other hormones in your body and you get this whole cascade effect. Um, so reducing stress or and finding ways to manage stress is also really important. And this can be a really tough one postpartum because it can be very, a very overwhelming time for a lot of women when you when you're caring for your baby um, and you're so focused on that and you're not sleeping well. Um, but the stress management piece is is kind of key to to hormone regulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's hard to not be stressed in the beginning, but I I can definitely say a year in that it gets it gets a lot better. So I mean, all of it gets better, you know, being able to really focus on my nutrition as well, because I was actually plant based for a couple years before um, being pregnant. And I had to kind of reevaluate because, you know, the not having the same amount of time to, to cook like my plant based meals and, you know, the aversions like while I was um, while I was pregnant, like I had to make the decision to like reintroduce um, like animal products because I knew it was going to be beneficial to my health to make sure I'm getting enough protein to make sure I'm getting like the healthy fats that my body needs and stuff. And like, I haven't gone back. I've, I really just, you know, had a little, a little bit of, of everything here and there and haven't really gone back to plant-based just because, because of the convenience mostly. Um, so is there like a, is there like, do you recommend people getting or women getting like their hormones checked? Like, before after pregnancy like getting their nutrient levels checked as well like what should they keep an eye out on those are great things to do if it's available um you kind of need to have a doctor who's on board um mm -hmm. and willing to test for those kind of things but um 
as part of the kind of preconception phase in the planning your pregnancy, um, it's a really great if you have an idea of where you are. So, you know, before you're pregnant, well, like, what do you need to do to get your body in the best position that you can during pregnancy and postpartum? So knowing like if you're deficient in certain nutrients, so then, you know, those are the ones you need to focus on knowing um, if you have some hormonal imbalances that so that you can address them right from the start puts you in a much better position during your pregnancy and then postpartum as well. Um, but yeah, but you have, but you have to find someone who's on board. So I don't know how it works in the U S but, um, in Canada, the, if, because we have like our kind of public health care system, um, if we want our testing to be covered, we need to go through our doctor, but there are private ways to do, it, but you're, but you pay out of pocket. So it really depends on what resources are available to you. Um, but for someone who has resources available, I would recommend definitely testing for things like um, B12, iron, vitamin D, um, DHA, um, or mega-3s before pregnancy, and maybe even during pregnancy as well and postpartum if that's available, and the hormone testing as well. Um, there's a fantastic te test called the Dutch test. It's a dry, uh, like a dry urine test, it's called. Um, and it's a really that gives you a really comprehensive um, breakdown of what your hormones are doing and how they're impacting each other. So having, again, that baseline so you can see, well, where are the things that might be a problem going forward? Address them from the start so that you don't end up with bigger problems later on. Mm, I've never heard of the Dutch test. That's interesting. I'm going to I'm going to ask my doctor about that because, yeah, it can be like super hard to like get your doctors on board because uh, like in, in my case, like I've asked them multiple times to like take the levels and, and they have, and they're like, yeah, you're fine. I'm like, but I don't feel fine. Something feels off. And I don't know. I think they're just so into like quick fixes and stuff and not diving a little deeper that it can be kind of hard to like convince your doctor, like, Hey, like I need help trying to find what is off because like, I know my body best and I know that it is not where it's supposed to be. That's when the asking the questions is really important. So for example, if your doctor says you're fine, well then asking, okay, well, like what, what are your levels of, that you're being tested for and where in the range do they fit? Because when you're, what your doctor is seeing when it comes back is like a number and then they have a range and they're seeing like, is it in that range? Right. And if it's in that range, you're like, yeah, you're fine. But if it's on the high end of the range or the low end of the range, like maybe that's fine, but it's not ideal. And that could be an indication that there's a problem. So if all you're hearing from your doctor is it's fine, well, you don't know where you are in that range and you don't, you know, so asking, well, where, where you sit can give you a better idea of if it's not a problem now, well, maybe it is a problem, what could be a problem or maybe for you specifically being on the high end or the low, low end is actually causing problems. And then that's when you kind of need to start doing your own investigating if you're, if all you're getting from your doctor is no, there's nothing wrong. Mm, yeah, I never really thought of that, you know, because you just assume that if it's if it's within the levels, you're good, but it doesn't mean that's ideal. So that's really good to know. So what do you do with your clients? I think your clients come to you like what are the first steps you take with them to maybe really find what the issue is and what changes like you and them need to make? So for me, I take a very personalized and individualized approach. Um, 
So I don't have like, other than the eat real food thing, I don't have a lot of blanket recommendations that I give to everybody because it depends on the person. So um, the most important part is kind of from the start where I get to know a client as well as I can. So um, we start with a really comprehensive intake consultation. We spend like um, an hour or even longer together um, going over their their intake forms that they filled out in advance, which is, ends up being like a whole bunch of questions um, on their personal history, their medical history, um, looking at their diet, looking at like their digestive system and how that's working, looking at their lifestyle, stress levels, sleep, exercise and movement, um, their emotional and, and, and mental well-being, um, looking at symptoms that they're having that on the surface might not seem to be connected to what what their what their main problem is. But because everything in our body is connected, it's possible that those symptoms may be playing a role as well and maybe indicating that something's going on. So really taking that period of time to understand, okay, like what what are you concerned about? Um, and what could be the possible root causes of that? What are, and all the things from all the spheres, so like the physical, the the mental and emotional and spiritual that might be contributing to it. And then what can we do not just to like address the symptoms and make you feel better, but how can we get to the actual, the root of the problem and look to look to like resolve the problem so we can actually eliminate it. And so it's not a problem at all anymore. Um, so from there, I'll take all of that and I'll create a personal health and wellness plan for my clients, which includes dietary and nutrition recommendations, um, lifestyle recommendations, supplements, um, and anything else. Like, for example, if there's testing that I recommend they get done um, and I give them also a customized meal plan so they know, OK, well, what do I do with like the nutrition side of it? How do I put that into practice? Then they have um, a, se a seven day kind of schedule of their meals and snacks of like, this is what it would look like to eat in the, in the recommended way. And then they get like the recipes for everything. So it's pretty easy to follow. Um, and then from there, it's like one step at a time. And it's a, it's a gradual process. Um, because we're addressing root causes and not just symptoms. It's not like you take a pill and you feel better and that's the end of it. Um, it's oftentimes a long-term process, especially with something like postpartum recovery. Um, when you've been digging this hole for like nine months or a year or two years. So it takes a while to get yourself out of that hole and get yourself to where you're actually feeling great. Um, so it's a bit of a, a long-term process and working together for, for a while until you get to that place where it's no longer a problem and, and you're feeling good. Do you notice at all if nutrient deficiencies or hormone imbalances affect weight at all because you know a lot of the time I, I've been in the the fitness world for a really long time you know we're taught that weight gain or weight loss is all about calories in versus calories out but I think especially postpartum it goes much further than that so I don't know I'd love to hear any insight you have about that okay absolutely yes yes um hormone imbalances have a big impact on weight gain. Um, and this is why a lot of women are trying all the things. They're reducing the calories, they're exercising like crazy, and they're not losing weight. Um, it's because due to the hormonal imbalances, their body is holding on to their weight or gaining more weight. And they're not going to be able to lose weight until they address the imbalances. Um, and I know of this from my personal perspective. Um, after having my third baby, 
Um, I think I was about a year postpartum and I felt like I wanted to, I, I had some extra weight from the pregnancy that I wanted to lose. Um, and this was before I studied nutrition. Um, so I followed the conventional way. Okay. I'm going to, you know, reduce my calories and I'm going to implement like this really regimented exercise plan. And I did that and I felt awful. I was so tired. I dragged myself through it, but I was like, nope, this is a way to do it. And I didn't lose weight. I felt worse and worse. Like the more I exercised, the more tired I got. And until I eventually realized that this is not working and this is not the way to go. Um, and eventually clicked in that something else was going on. Um, and for me, it was a stress piece. Um, the, the, um, the impact on my hormones from chronic stress um, was causing me to hold on to that weight. So I needed to address the stress and lower my stress levels, which I, which I was able to do. And once I did that, the weight came off. So wow, yeah, so yeah. between like the, the stress piece and thyroid hormones in particular are ones that if, if, if there's hormonal imbalance in either of those pictures, um, weight gain is going to, or sorry, weight loss is going to be a challenge. Yeah. Cause especially if you're like working out extra and really focusing on your, like being in a calorie deficit, you're essentially just putting more stress on your body. So of course you're going to be, have, you're going to struggle with losing the weight that you didn't have before. So yeah, that's, that's some really good insight. What, um, what words of encouragement do you have for maybe any, any women who are just postpartum and whether they're, you know, a week postpartum, a year postpartum, many years postpartum, I don't know what words of encouragement do you have for them that it's, it that things can get better. Yeah. Um, I think the, the important thing to remember is to fill your own cup. Um, because as moms, I think we tend to shift our, our focus onto the others in our family that need us and we give and we give, but we need to fill our, our own cup as well, because if our cup is empty, we don't have anything to give to everybody else. Um, and then they suffer because of it. But when our cup is full, it overflows and then it overflows and fills everyone else's cups as well. Um, so by taking care of ourselves, it is actually a part of taking care of other people. Um, it's part of the giving to them by, 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 by filling ourselves up. Um, so kind of taking that perspective can help, I think, women to understand that they have that important role to play um, and they are an important piece of it. Um, and taking care of themselves, yeah, is a way of taking care of everybody else. Yeah. And it does, it does get better and it does get easier. <laughs> um, it just, you know, it, it takes time. So like one step at a time, one day at a time. Um, but it, it does, it does get easier. Yeah. I mean, the, we all survived somehow, you know, the world's, the world's still going around and children <laughs> are still being born. So I guess some people have figured it out. So I always think like if all these women for all these thousands of years have been able to raise kids, like I can do it too. Cause sometimes I'm just like, how did people have more than one kid? Cause this is hard. <laughs> Maybe the other perspective to take too, is that nobody knows what they're doing and everybody's having a hard time. So that those women that you see that like, look like they're managing it, they're totally fine. They can handle it. They probably actually can't, or maybe they're just having a good day. Um, but you should see them on other days because, you know, traditionally, like children were raised 
in a village and you, you had like your, your neighbors and your aunts and all your other relatives and your friends that were all in it with you. And now we're like so segregated and isolated and, and it's expected that we do it on our own. It's no wonder we have a hard time. Um, but yeah, knowing that like everybody's having a hard time and everybody is like overwhelmed and struggling. There's nobody out there who's like just killing it with their, with their new baby. Um, unless, you know, they have a village or yeah. they're able to have like hire the help they need or whatever. Um, it's, it's the most challenging thing for everybody. Um, it's not easy for anyone. So like, you're not doing anything wrong. It's nothing you it's, it's the way it is right now. Um, so like t taking it easy on ourselves and cutting ourselves some slack can also help sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I do not think this was something we were all supposed to be doing alone. And I feel like as women and, and moms, we feel like we have to do it alone and we feel like it makes us a better mom if we're doing it alone. And like you said, when you fill your cup up, it overflows into everyone else's cup. So I think that's something really important that we all need to remember because we can't fill up others' cups if our cup is bone dry and empty. Yeah. It's actually doing others a disservice by not practicing, you know, self-care and taking the time for ourselves. That's a good reminder. I think we all need so where can our listeners reach out to you, connect with you and, and find you on social media, your website, all that good stuff? Yeah. So my website is www.auberginandolive.com. Um, and I have a blog there as well and a, um, like a bunch of free resources and free stuff. Um, and then I am also on Instagram at Aubergine and Olive. Awesome. I will link that in the show notes so people can reach out to you and connect with you. But I just want to I just want to thank you again for coming on and giving us giving us not only just some practical, tangible piece of advice, but also the encouragement that we're not all going through it alone and, and we're going to make it through the other side. So thank you. Thank you all for joining me in another episode of the Bread Therapy Mama podcast. If you like this kind of content, check out my blog for recipes, how-tos, product recommendations, and more. Just go to breadtherapymama.com. I'll see you all in the next episode.